God bless you as you give. It's my honor and privilege to introduce to you tonight to the speaker, um, the lovely pastor, Tony Ligera. She's coming at this time. How's everyone doing tonight? Happy Wednesday, middle of the week. Let me get situated here. We're going to talk tonight, and I was getting my notes ready. This is tilt. He always takes such good care of me. But I was looking at my notes from the last time I talked, and they're almost identical. So <laughs> I guess the Holy Spirit's still dealing with me about the same thing. But some of you may not have been here, so it's all brand new to you. But um, <laughs> these are some scriptures and some things that have been rolling around on the inside of me. And the title of our message tonight is called Seeing is Believing. And we're going to talk about faith, actually, which with that title, you would think that I'm a little nuts because, you know, we always talk about faith believes the unseen. So we'll, we'll kind of um, clarify a little bit here in a minute, but let's, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this midst. Father, as you came in and worship, Father, your power that was released in prayer. And Father, I just thank you that your power and your unction and your presence will remain as we preach your word. Let my lips be anointed by your power. Let your words flow from my mouth. I have nothing of worth or value to say if it doesn't come from heaven. So I pray that you would use my words to minister in life, to encourage, to bring hope and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I was, as I do every morning, sitting on my porch swing this morning with my Bible and my tea, my iPad, and I, I decided to hop on the weather. I'd like to check out what's the weather going to be today. Are we going to be able to swim? Or are we going to have to stay inside? Kind of what's the plan? And you know, for Ohio, it's very rare to see that little sunshine in the 10-day forecast more than one day in a row. So I saw the sunshine on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and I was like, no way. Sunday, there was chance of rain but you know that's all subject to change so we're just going with the sunshine and monday so that's like five or six days in a row and the very first thing that popped in my head was i'll believe it when i see it <laughs> we do live in northeast ohio after all subject to change but it, it was exciting but i'll believe it when i see it and so tonight we're going to talk about seeing is believing but it's not that kind of seeing. It's not kind of the I'll believe it when I see it kind of seeing. It's not the Downing Thomas kind of seeing where, you know, the, the disciples told him, Jesus is alive. He appeared to us. And Thomas said, it's not until I see him that I'm actually going to believe that. That's not the kind of seeing that I'm talking about. And if you open up your Bibles, if you have them, to Genesis 15, we're going to talk a little bit about Abraham tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Moses tonight. And we're going to talk about what kind of seeing we're talking about here. So in Genesis 15, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. It says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. 
But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And so I, I love this, this um, verse number five in the voice translation because it, t- it says that God took him outside because he had something to show him. God took him outside to show him something. He wanted him to see something. There's an interaction, there's an intimacy here between God and Abram that they were talking almost face to face. God took him outside to show him something, to show him the stars in the sky. And there's sometimes when we're believing a promise or or we receive a promise from God when he'll hook that promise to something that we can see in the natural. And so every night that Abram went outside after this night and looked up in the sky and saw those stars, it reminded him of those words that the Lord spoke. And have any of you ever had God whisper a promise to you or give a promise to you and there was something that came along with it and Every time you hear those words or every time you're in that spot or every time you smell that smell, it reminds you of the promise of the Lord. It reminds you of the word that God spoke to you right there and right then. Seeing is believing. And God wanted Abram to believe that promise and he wanted him to have a visual of it he wanted him to have a picture of it because God knew how long it was going to take from beginning to end he knew that Abram was going to need something to solidify his faith to remind himself of the promise to remind himself of the God that spoke the promise and I remember I was at Bible school And, of course, hungry, starving Bible school students. (laughs) We don't have much that we don't believe God for. And um, I remember I I was getting ready to go on a mission trip to Africa. And I was believing God. My, My trip was supposed to have been paid for. And uh, my parents had told me they were going to pay for my trip for me. It was going to be my graduation present. I was going on a six-week mission trip to Africa. So it was not going to be cheap. And so that was at Christmas time, they told me that. And then in March, my brother was um, killed in a car accident. And so my grieving, wonderful parents, they were then gripped with fear about me going to Africa because they had just lost one child. They didn't want to lose another. I think they maybe thought they could spare one in the beginning. And then, you know, when they lost my brother, (laughs) they changed their minds, but they withdrew their support. So within three months, I had to raise almost $3,000 almost unheard of for a starving, did you get the starving Bible school student? (laughs) For a starving Bible school student believing God for her tuition. So I remember vividly, I was in my apartment one day and the Holy Spirit said, look around and thank me for everything in this apartment that, that you have not paid for. Everything in this apartment that I have given you, that you have been blessed with. And let me tell you, it was everything. 
There wasn't anything in that apartment that somebody didn't give me, that somebody didn't bless me with, that he didn't give me the money to, to buy. Everything in that apartment was a blessing from the Lord. And that exercise so solidified my faith, that, that visual practice and focusing in on the blessing of the Lord so solidified my faith that I was like, no, this is possible. So instead of being discouraged, I was encouraged because of what I saw. Seeing is believing. But what you look at and what you focus on is what is going to produce in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about. Seeing is believing. Um, so what you look at and what you focus, focus on is what is going to produce. We all know that Peter walked on the water, right? The disciples are out in the storm and Peter saw Jesus, and when he looked at Jesus walking on that water, his faith was encouraged. He was like, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus bid him come. And Peter, when his eyes were focused on Jesus, got out of that boat and walked on the water. But then what? When he saw the wind and the waves, he sank. Because when he was focused on the problem, the fear came in. The, fact, the doubt came in, the faith left, and he was sinking. But when his eyes were focused on Jesus, what was there? Faith and miracles. God's getting us ready for some things. Seeing is believing. What you focus on is what's going to produce in your life. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And we talked about this a little bit last time that I spoke, which was a while ago. I feel like I haven't been here on a Wednesday night in forever. Allie's been in soccer, so I've been a soccer mom. Love Wednesday nights. But we talked about this last time. Faith does not deny the reality of the situation. Faith does not deny the reality of what you see in this natural realm. What faith does is it puts its anchor in the superior reality of the unseen realm. Both things are real, but there's a superior reality that we need to focus on, that we need to anchor on, that's going to build our faith up. What are you looking at? Seeing is believing. Are you looking at things that are going to build your faith? Are you looking at things that are building fear into your mind? Are you focused on what's going to build your faith and trust in God? Are you focusing on things that bring in doubt? What are you looking at? Go to Hebrews 11. What you're looking at is what is going to produce in your life. We're going to look at this verse 1, maybe in the Amplified Bible. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and conviction of their reality. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And we talked about there being two realms. There's the seen and the unseen, the natural and the realm where God lives, right? One is reality, it's truth, it's fact, but one is the superior reality. 
which is bigger, which is greater, which is more powerful. That is where we want to anchor our focus. And I like the voice translation of this verse. It says, faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you have never seen. It's the absolute conviction that there are realities that you and I have never seen. So we're not looking at the things that we can see. We're looking at the unseen. Where is your focus and what are you looking at? Because what you focus on is what's going to produce. We're going to read real quick Hebrews 11.27 and then we're just going to kind of comment on all of these things. We're just laying a foundation, kind of building along here. And we're going to look at 11.27 in the New Living Translation. should be on the screen. And this is Moses. And if you read through Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith, um, it's, it's about all the men of faith of old. I want you to read through there. Read through it in several different translations this week because you'll be surprised to see how many of, of them talk about that they considered, that they saw, what they looked at, what they thought about. In, in conjunction with their faith. It's very interesting. But Moses here caught my eye. Um, 1127, it says, It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And I'm just going to read the voice translation in this one, so listen. By faith, Moses left Egypt, unafraid of Pharaoh's wrath, and moving forward as though he could see the invisible God. Because he kept his eyes on the invisible God. God wants that unseen realm to be more real to us than this seen realm. Why? We'll get to that in a minute. I don't want to miss something. But we need to take note of what we're focusing on, and where you take note of that is in your mind. And I don't care if you've been just born again weeks or if you've been born again 25 years walking with the Lord, everybody still has some kind of battle in their mind. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Can I get a witness? Just the other day, in fact, <laughs> we were are believing for something personally and um, kind of standing on some scriptures personally. And I've been waking up early in the morning, and I'd love to say that he's been waking me up to pray, but I've been waking up with thoughts in my head. So I keep my iPod close to my bed so I can pop a little podcast in and distract my mind. Anyone ever do that little trick? Get yourself back to sleep. But this, this day in particular, I thought, I'm just going to stand my ground. And all these thoughts are coming at my head. How are you going to do this? What are you going to do about this? How's this going to happen? How's this going to work? And then what if you do this? And then if I do this, and then this will happen, and then this will happen, and then, oh my gosh, then that might happen. And then what happens if this happens? And then like an hour and a half later, I'm exhausted because, you know, it was only three in the morning anyway. But then you're exhausted from trying to figure out all these possibilities and how you can fight this and come against that and da da da, -da. And so then I just decided, okay, I'm tired. I'm just going to put my, my iPod on. And so I fell asleep listening to a, a podcast, and I woke up 
with, with someone proclaiming and declaring the word of God in my ear, this is the year of the favor of the Lord for you. And this is broken in your life. And sickness has to go out of your life. In the name of Jesus, it's conquered, it's defeated, and you are victorious. And I was like, yes, I am. I woke up, went downstairs. You know, I listened to that podcast later all the way through, and none of those words were in there. I must have been dreaming them, but it was God giving me some kind of help. But the, the battle is up here in your mind. What you're focusing on is your choice. And sometimes, you know, this brain is a muscle just like our arms are muscles, just like our legs have muscles. This brain is a muscle. Unless you work this muscle, it's just going to go limp. It's going to run its own race. It's going to do its own thing. That's why the Bible says you cast down every thought. You cast down those thoughts that oppose the word of God. Right? Is what we're focusing on making the problem look bigger or God look bigger? Is what you're focusing on making the problem look bigger or making God look bigger? What you focus on, what you feed on, what you think on, what you look at is what produces in your life. That's what fruit is going to come out of you. That's what people are going to see of you. That's what they're going to behold in you. That's what's going to come out. That's what you're going to bear fruit in your life. Is what you're focusing on building faith or building fear? Go to Hebrews 12, verse 2. And I'm going to read this in the voice translation. Just because it gives it a little bit different read. I like to read it in different translations. And if you don't know how to do that, you just go online, BibleGateway.com, and there's all the different translations in there you can read. It says, now stay focused on Jesus, who designed and perfected our faith. He endured the cross and ignored the shame of that death because he focused on the joy that was set before him. And now he is seated beside God on the throne in a place of honor. So you consider the life of the one who endured such personal attacks and hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Stay focused on Jesus. And then it gives you a hint on how he overcome. He was an overcomer, how he overcame on the cross because he stayed focused on the joy that was set before us. What was that joy? It was us. It was securing our salvation. It was securing our forgiveness. It was offering his blood. We were the joy that was before him. And God has given you a joy set before you. Something for you to focus on, that promise, that thing in his word that he's given you. It's to focus on. It's so that when things... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to read that first line in the Amplified. It says in the Amplified, Hebrews 12, 2, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. And that word look in, in the Strong's, it has the connotation of continuously looking away from a thousand other things to focus on one thing that counts. Continuously looking away from all other things so that you can focus in on the one thing that counts. 
And it takes some effort here. It takes some focus here. It takes some muscle. You might even sweat sometimes doing it. Have you ever sweat just having a battle in your mind? Gotten exhausted just by the battle in your mind. But guess what? If you do this, then you will not lose heart. You will not faint. The Bible says that we labor to enter into rest. There's a labor that comes as you enter into rest, and this is that labor. It's the battlefield in the mind. We want to look continuously look away from the thousand things that will distract. And if it's the nation, if the nation is your promise, if that's your burning desire, that thing that you're trying to stand for, our nation, one nation under God, indivisible, then it's not a good idea to watch the news every day for hours. Because that's going to build doubt and frustration. Maybe a little bit of anger <laughs> rising up in you. So if that's your thing, if that's the thing that God's put in your heart as your prayer focus and your promise that this nation will stand revived again under the power and the presence of God, then you cannot go by what you see. You have to go by the promise. Like Abram, who had to go look, I'm sure, every night, 15 years down the road, going out to look at those stars to say, you said more than these stars, and I trust you. When his body was feeling old, and he would look at his old wife, who couldn't even have kids when she was young enough, and he now here she's almost 100 years old, how is she going to have my babies? No, let me look at these stars and remind myself that the one that gave the promise is bigger than this. And it builds faith. So if it's the nation, instead of going to the news and praying in reverse, we're going to go to the one who gives the promise that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Then you keep that scripture just in front of your face. Tape it to your forehead if you have to so that's all that you see. So that faith is built. So that you speak and so that you pray, and so that you trust and not doubt. There's more at stake here. There's more at stake here. Does he want us to pray to receive our healing? Absolutely. To receive provision in our lives? Absolutely. But there's more at stake here than just our faith, than just my answer to prayer. It takes faith. This kind of faith to be the vessel of revival to be the vessel that's on their knees in prayer for this nation like moses it took faith for moses to take a stick and hold it over a red sea and expect it to part would you be at that place if god told you tomorrow to take a stick and do something with it, would you call yourself cuckoo? Or would you know the voice of God to the point where that was something you could do? It took faith. It takes bold, courageous faith to be the vessel of revival. Ah. 
Lord, increase our faith. He's looking for a people of faith. In fact, I want you to start practicing this. Ready? How many of you have ever had doubt come against your mind when you're standing for a promise? And how many of you have ever doubted the promise in the light of the, of the attack coming against your mind? How many of you ever doubted the promise? Okay, how about try this? When the enemy comes and says, you're not going to get healed. How about you try looking at him and going, well, I doubt that. That provision is not going to come, Dixie. How about looking at that and saying, I doubt that. Your nation is falling apart. I doubt that. Revival's not going to come. Do you see it? No, but I know it. I doubt that. I doubt that revival's not going to come. If the enemy can steal your faith, it's not just sickness he's wanting to put on you. It's not just that he's wanting to make you suffer a little bit or maybe not be able to pay a bill or challenge you in an area. He wants to steal your faith in the living, almighty, all-powerful God because it'll paralyze you. How many of you are likely to share him with someone who needs him when you're questioning him? If you're doubting him, how likely are you to be an agent of revival? How likely are you to be his voice on this earth if you're questioning him or if you're doubting him? He wants us to get to the point where our faith in him is so strong that we doubt what we see before we doubt what he said. Wow, wait a minute. I, I couldn't have just seen that because that's opposite of what his word says. But that's why he's given us his word so we have something to focus on because if you don't see it, before you see it, you're never going to see it. But seeing is believing. I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to take a promise and focus on it for the next 30 days and see how much your faith gets built. I dare you to try it, take a challenge, to find a promise of something that you're believing for. And if you're standing for something, my goodness, get a promise or promises. I had someone tell me one time, I was praying for them. I'm like, well, what, what are you standing on? And they go, oh, I guess I should read some scriptures on healing. I'm like, well, you think? <laughs> That's like first step. <laughs> you want to build your faith. You put your nose in the word where you need your faith built. If you need physical therapy on your foot, you don't go in and show them your hand, right? So we want to get, get the word on it. What has God already said on it? And then focus in on that because where you put your focus and where you look is what will produce in your life. So if you're seeing things being produced in your life that you're not really liking, then you can backpedal and check out where your focus was. And it's as easy as a shift. 
It's as easy as a choice. It's as easy as saying, I trust you and I doubt that. We're not saying that cancer's not in the body. We're saying we doubt that cancer's going to kill that body because the power of God's at work in that body. We're not saying that the checkbook is empty, not empty. We're just saying that I doubt that it won't be there when you need it because God is faithful. He is faithful. And he is looking for a people of faith. The Bible says, what does it say? When he comes, will he find faith on the earth? And if we have anything to say about it here at Victory Christian Center, the answer is going to be yes. Because we are hungering and thirsting after those presence and power of God, after those miracles. I, oh, if I could tell you some of the things I've seen in prayer that are common in this house through this house, not just in here, but you come in here and you get filled up and you're supposed to take it out there. You come in here and get your faith built up so that you can take it to the person at work. They're saying, well, I'm dealing with migraines. Well, yeah, I got an answer for that. Do you have the answer for that? Yes. We don't always act in line with truth but we always act in line with what we believe to be true. Our beliefs are not always true, though. And so that's where focusing in then on his word and what he has said is going to bring your beliefs in line with truth. And I'll give you an example. I had a girl at one time, her name was Brenda, and she worked under me. And we both used to start on the same day of the week. We both had Monday off, and we started on Tuesday together. And so we would, you know, collaborate, and I'd call her, and we'd get together, and I'd send emails, and she would answer, and she was very respectful, very prompt. She was an excellent employee. However, I changed my day off and then had to work on Mondays. So the very first Monday that I had made that change, I just knew it was the first day of my week, so I assumed the first day of Brenda's week, right? So I'm calling her, and I'm emailing her, and then I was, you know, getting upset. She's not answering my calls. She's not returning my calls. She's not answering my emails. What is wrong with Brenda? And her office was way on the other side of the building. So I decided, my goodness, I'm going to have to walk all the way over there and, and find out what's going on. So I walk all the way over, and I go in, and I talk to her office mate. I'm like, where is Brenda? She goes, Brenda doesn't work today. It's Monday. I go, no, it's Tuesday. She said, no, it's Monday. And I had operated all day under the assumption that it was Tuesday when the truth was it was Monday. So what I was believing was not true. And there's sometimes that we operate under assumptions. Oh, God will heal you if he wants to today. If it's his will, he might, he might not. You never know what God's going to do. No. He has laid out very clearly in his word what his will is. He heals. He provides. He delivers. He sets free. We can trust him. Your mind is a very, very, very powerful thing. 
And that's why we want to flood it with the truth. That's why we want to focus on the truth. That's why we want to fill it, our mind, our mind with his word. And that's how it gets down into our heart. But it's so powerful that what you focus on is what you will produce. I had a dream one time that Michael and Allie were killed in a car accident. Kids were little. This was a long time ago. And that dream was so real. Ever have a dream that was really, really real? It was so real that I didn't even want her driving in the car with him that day. I was like, I'll take her to school. <laughs> no, you guys aren't going anywhere alone together. That's just not going to happen. That's how real it was. And I knew it didn't happen. I mean, I woke up. They were there. But that's how real that dream was. So we were, I was driving with the kids later that day. They were all, you know, in the backseat being awfully loud because that's what little kids do in the car. And um, I just started replaying that dream in my mind over and over and over. And it just got really big in my mind to the point where I had Michael and Allie in caskets. And then we were just, and then I was crying in the car. And I was <laughs> tears, real tears dripping down my face and Alex goes mama what's wrong like oh nothing because nothing really was wrong but what I focused my mind on produced so let's use this tool let's put it to use for the glory of God let's focus our minds on they that lay hands on the sick We'll watch them recover. Let's focus our minds on the fact that when we speak the word of God, it's just as powerful as when he spoke it. Let's focus our minds on the fact that the power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And he wants that power to come out. We were walking, I was walking around for a couple weeks looking at, at Pastor Michael. I'm like, I just feel so dry. I just feel so dry. Just so quiet, so dry, dry, dry. It was so busy, so many things going on. I was just like dragging, and I, I, look, I just feel so dry. And I gave voice to it. I acted in line with it. I didn't expect anything different. And then I texted him Sunday, and I went, I'm not dry. Because the river of life lives on the inside of me. I don't care how I feel. The well of salvation springs up into me into eternal life. It doesn't matter how I feel. Because I drink from the river, rivers of living water flow through me and saturate everyone I come into contact with. It doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what the truth says. So when I started focusing on that, guess what? I didn't feel dry anymore. What you, when you start focusing on the truth, your feelings are going to line up. Don't you worry about that. So what you focus on is what's going to produce. And seeing is believing. If you can see it, you will see it. Amen? Amen. So can you see it? <laughs> Anybody get anything tonight? Y'all quiet out there. Is it because you're thinking? Okay. Just, you know, to make sure. Father, we just give you glory and honor for what you're going to do. 
Father, I just pray for every single person sitting in here who's going to listen to this CD, who's going to hear it somehow. And I just pray that you would just cause faith to rise up in their hearts, that you would cause strength to believe to rise up in their hearts. I just pray that you would direct their focus into your word, direct their focus into your promise. And we thank you that as they focus on truth, as they focus on your word, as they focus on your power, Father, that breakthrough comes in that area that they're believing you for. We just pray that you would use each one of us from this moment forward. Let us be aware of the power and the presence of God on the inside of us. And let us be conscious of those that you want us to give it to, who you want us to minister life to. Use us as agents of revival in this city, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Do you have anything else?